Oh, just one minute. My mom is screaming her head off. Wait, <laughs> be on the call. Yeah, and yeah. this get recorded. Yeah. Ma. Kihal. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why they're screaming so much. Ma. You know we got chickens in our house, so we have like a poultry farm now. Oh, absurdist is fine. Why aunties? Okay, let's start complaining philosophically. When you send uh, voice notes on WhatsApp, right? Hmm. Listen to your own voice. I don't. You don't. Any chance? I no, I don't because it is cringe for me to listen to my voice again. You're literally recording a podcast. If I send you a voice note, right? I will listen to it some three, four times myself. I imagine how it sounds to you. I imagine how it would sound to a third person. My hmm. takes like a negative spin. So you look at your own voice positively. So you were like, "Oh my god, I sound so fantastic." But I just <laughs> tend to look at it in a more negative way. I am like, "Oh my god, what voice is this?" Like I sound so different on recording than I sound to myself. You're very well spoken. Like the things you say, it looks like you've rehearsed them. That's what you say, right? But for me, you know, for me, it, it's like a nightmare. It's a nightmare having to speak in front of other people. Like I'll gladly take up a desk job where I have to write and write and write. I can write three thousand words, four five thousand words, like you know, per day. But I won't be able to speak in front of people. Even I have stage fear. If I get up on a stage, my knees start shaking, and you know, the lower part of my face it kind of twitches. Once I'm like, if I see that somebody responds to what I'm saying, then I'm okay. But like public speaking, even I'm not good at. But I like. You know, I like going on rants or like telling people how to live their lives and then listening to myself do that. Ah, uh, that's nice. Then I can do it, friends. So I can yeah, like, exactly. I can like tell you. But then if I have to speak like in a meeting or something or an interview, I just freeze. Yeah. So in situations that I'm com like I'm facing a room of people who you know like intimidate me or whatever, then I'm gone. <laughs> I get you. I get you. I don't like people mm. who intimidate me either. They honestly do. <laughs> people who are good at what they do, successful people, uh, fuck them. <laughs> no, no. So I am intimidating in a way <laughs> that I get self-conscious. Like, oh, I am doing the same bitch as thing to other people as well. You consider yourself intimidating. I'm guessing with people you don't know that well, you can, you probably come yeah. off that way. Right? I have had people come to me later and tell me, oh, you are not the kind of person that we initially thought you were. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you think I was? Oh, we thought you were like a bitch and everything, and I'm like, oh, sorry. Like I'm. Spiking. I'll tell you why. It's the hair. It's the hair. It must be the hair. It's not. No, you know what? I have met like my fair share of bald people who are intimidated. <laughs> bald. So I am. I, yeah, I'm. So I'm guaranteeing it's not the hair. You know what? I have a resting bitch face. So the corners um. of my mouth. So some people, when the mm. face is not smiling, the corners of their mouth turn upwards. Mm. But my corners of my mouth turn downwards, so it automatically gives the impression that I'm just pissed off at something. Like yes, generally I'm pissed off with life, but it also gives off the impression like I'm pissed off with people, yeah, which is exactly. again true. But then, but then yeah, like I think like you know that comes off as intimidating. But yeah, I'm trying to be less intimidating to people, and it, and the mm. you know and the and the funny part is because I'm an introvert. Mm. I don't. I don't know how to do it. Like I can't go up to someone, introduce myself to them, yeah. or like you know, initiate a 
so that becomes even more difficult so i am an intimidating introvert like how bad is that combination <laughs> have as a personality but uh, you were not you were not you were extremely warm when you met me which now in hindsight i was like why were you so nice to me almost suspiciously i'm thinking of it yeah, i remember i was nice to you because you were sitting alone in the corner in our computer lab like that was the whole basis of me being nice to you in the dark like right? I, in the dark yeah and like completely separated i'm like why is the segregation happening in this day <laughs> because i came late i joined college late yeah but then but then, <laughs> then that doesn't like you know how, how does it make sense that they put you in a completely different corner uh, i didn't know where the light switch was and i was too shy to ask anyone <laughs> oh my god I, that was not the, the part where you used to sit in the computer lab was not even a part of the room it was like where all the computers go to die <laughs> and, and i think you felt bad for me because i have resting pavam face when people see me for the first time they think i'm i'm really pavam like i have this thing that oh yes. she she's got some difficulties in life and before i used to wear a headscarf also they're like oh ayo this girl she probably comes from a really <laughs> difficult background <laughs> everybody's really I, nice to me when they meet me Right, seriously, you you actually give off those power vibes. At least you yeah. used to give off. Now you are like a hot chick and all. Hot <laughs> chick. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm even otherwise, if somebody doesn't know me and they just see me from my outside, from my face, they'll think, "Oh, she's she probably is having a really tough time." Because I always look like I'm having a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you answer also like somebody asks you, "Oh, isn't the weather nice?" You are like, "Ah, oh, yes, I guess it is." <laughs> when <laughs> <laughs> so, when i was, when i first joined my for my degree my uh, first college okay uh, mm-hmm. a friend of mine i think there was some dance competition going and everyone was really excited because that's when you mix and meet people and i was sitting in one corner and i was wearing one that one black headscarf i used to wear and then this girl came up to me and she was like hey hey uh, so she, i think she was trying to be friendly and nice and she was like hey uh, do you want to join the dance and i was like no i don't dance <laughs> I can totally imagine you saying that. Like, <laughs> and we became friends later. And she used to call me creepy tatam girl. Tatam I think all of all. Okay, I think all of the friends, all of your initial friends who don't know your background, are your friends out of pity. <laughs> I, in my head, I was like, she's super into me. And then in your head, you were like, I have to keep this girl from killing her. <laughs> no, I did not think you were suicidal. I just think you were like really, really sad. Like. and there are some some form of like empathy going on you just start running off to your home like every one or two weeks like hey where is azmia oh she went home not and home then, i would tell people in i hope nobody from college hears this but i would tell people in college that i was going home and at home i'd be like i'm in college i i i came to know about that later right when i became your friend and yeah and then you felt so like you were like i feel so stupid for feeling bad for you yes. now like i was tricked I was royally tricked by you. <laughs> like you yeah, tricked me into being your friend. Yeah, this friendship started on a lie, but a lie that I didn't. Say. I know I'm a liar, but that was one lie I didn't say. It was one you assumed. Okay, fine. Like our friendship started on like blatant assumption of one person. Yeah, but I just lied to the college, so yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but just so remember, like you know, the saddest image of you was sitting alone in that lab. Doing your work alone, and I don't even know if you knew about the assignments or not. And I think somebody whispered from behind, "Oh, that's the girl who is not stable." 
I'm like, oh my God, you're making up. Nobody said that the girl was not stable. Fuck you. <laughs> I am not. Somebody actually whispered, okay. Like, I don't remember who was it because there are probably there. Like, I don't even remember who said it. Like, generally, I don't remember. But somebody told me. That's the girl. Like, okay, I am not saying it ad verbatim. But somebody said in that line that this girl is not stable. And then I am like, oh, I need to be her friend and all. And you know, <laughs> feel at home. For charity, you, know? you probably thought you'll get extra credit or something for the course. <laughs> no. And I'm like, but yeah, I think I've been known as the girl who is not stable my entire life for different reasons. Yeah. And then I met you and then I came to know about you. And then I'm like, fuck you. This girl is the most, I think the, the sanest and the most stablest out of all of us. Like she doesn't give a fuck about every anything, but somehow things seem to work out in her favor. So I just like accidentally survive. My entire life is. If I write a an autobiography, it'll be called Accidental Survival. Please do that. It or the, or, or the girl who is not stable. I'll make it a trilogy. Stableness is a state of mind. I have realized, but then accidental survival is not. It's like you, like you know what? Like uh, so, I think right after college, I started getting into. all this uh, divine thing like tarot reading and then yeah yeah and stuff and then like you are my biggest uh, experiment <laughs> what let me see how this person pushes through life without <laughs> any shit and till now you are doing great like, <laughs> this is new to me i didn't know i was your guinea pig now you know i have broken it to a, broken it to you on a podcast So I have always struggling with the fact like is your life like you know is your life pre-planned or you know uh, is there like a divine hand at play which uh, makes you go through certain phases or which makes you go through certain goals or reach something or mm. or all the consequences that you suffer in your life or that you go through in your life is your own doing. So I've always been torn between those two ideas. Like what is it generally in life, right? ha huh, generally in life like mm. because like i have seen it in my life i have mm. like prepared something i have like reached my goal till the last step and then i have just been removed from that position or removed from that uh, road itself mm. so it mm. has been my biggest struggle in life like what to so so people who believe in god like my friends who believe in god and all so their mm. uh, their outlook in life is to submit to the higher Have faith yeah. and submit to the higher power. Yeah, and then and then the other side of my uh, friend circle, who is who is more into like you know seizing your destiny and like you know seizing mm-hmm. the day and making our own destiny kind of thing. They are like no, everything depends on you. Like how you prepare and everything, like all the results depends on you. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's this um, third idea. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's called the butterfly effect. I forgot the yeah, scientific yeah. name. It's called the butterfly effect. So yeah. every small decision that you make has a consequence, big or small, yeah. that you might not see immediately, but you, but it will be shown to you in a later part of your life. Like mm. suppose today I decide to do this podcast mm. instead of say taking a walk or something. So this consequence will be felt, like good or bad or neutral, whatever consequence it is, will be felt later on in my life. Probably later on, like one week later, two weeks later, or one month later, ten years later. Nobody knows. So that yeah. is the third, like butterfly effect. Now the the problem with butterfly effect is it's crazy nuanced. 
so you never know so many decisions at play so you'll never know how one decision um you know one decision can lead to the other uh, results mm. so anyway so yeah so i have been at a crossroad because of this because as much as i want to surrender to the higher power and have faith and all mm. i can't help thinking like is was there something that i could have done from my side that would have made something more fruitful or made something uh, made the results how i wanted to be do you believe in a higher power i do yeah. i'm spiritual anyway like i don't give it a name or anything but i do believe mm-hmm. like there is something there is something in the universe now i don't know how the universe operates mm-hmm. i don't know how it operates i don't know if it wants people to go uh, to have free will mm-hmm. or it wants people to just surrender to that higher power so i'm yet to discover or yet to know how how that universe operates because there are so many people so many school of thoughts so personally yeah. and like i have realized it it doesn't mm. matter what other people think me personally i like uh, basing things on facts so if you show yeah. me the number i believe you it's very difficult for me to come to a conclusion without any results yeah so suppose today i say okay fine i believe in the higher power and all so mm. i will just surrender myself and i will you know have my faith mm. but then i need to also see the results it's like i have uh, surrendered myself to the higher power mm. so what result is the higher power showing me is it good results is it bad result is it quantitative qualitative results mm. so that part of my logical brain gets tangled up or kind of gets mixed up with this other school of thought where you were supposed to believe in something without having seen it so i think that that is where i struggle i am struggling i am struggling presently i don't want to like for any certainty say that i believe in a certain thing or don't believe in hmm. a certain thing i think i've i stopped doing that since i was a kid cuz i i cuz i was brought up in a very religious atmosphere even hmm. though i never innately had that fear it was always driven into my head so yes when i grew older and i started doing things that you were not supposed to do i'm doing air quotes here and i'd always have like in the back of my head if i'm wrong about this being okay if i'm wrong about the fact that nobody is watching me what will happen to me is always even if i'm like very confident like the older i got i was a little more confident in going ahead and doing what i want to do but then, then i think my realization like you're speaking about the realization of a higher power right it's kind of surrendering to it for me it was the opposite i think i i walked the other way where i there was always this higher power looming over me and the older i got i just let the fear sort of slowly disappear and and there were i can remember specifically when i was a kid i was so scared okay like it would be silly things like i had to wear longer socks than the other girls to cover that small part of my legs between my skirt and my socks because that skin shouldn't be exposed and i'd be so scared because i'd uh, you know pull the socks down when i was in school so in my on the way back on the school bus i'd be like please if there's a god and there's one that's angry at me show me a sign so i'd look outside the bus and i'd be like if a pepsi sign comes now it means that i that god is watching me and i'll be murdered but the thing is there there are like pepsi signs everywhere they're literally <laughs> the big company in the world and that's one thing i believe for sure that i i don't believe that anybody is watching me or making notes of what i'm doing and as far as what you're saying about you know like our destiny and what happens to us i i think i've reached a place where i have only two ways of looking at it there are things you can control and things you can't control and by paying enough attention to the things you can control you 
sort of inadvertently affect the things that you can't control. That's all. And I don't, I've given up on planning anything, just going ahead and doing and living and loving the people around me. That's worked for me. This completely worked for me. And if I go into the details, I can't look away. So not looking into the details and just sort of slowly having surrendered all of that has really taken that entire cloud of fear that I was born into because I was, the moment I came out of the womb, they were like, here, be afraid, be afraid. And then I think now I finally, I finally see clear skies. We come from a culture where planning, like, you know, planning forms a bigger part of our lives. Even before we are born, like they've decided we are falling into these molds and if you don't fit right into yeah, it. Yes, exactly. The molds. There are specific molds for each family and each yeah. family members. Like yeah. this person in this family has to be this, that person has to be that and everything. And if, if they're not in that mold, then something is like terribly, horribly wrong. So exactly. I think our culture, as a culture, we tend to, you know, put people in groups, put people in yeah. molds, put things in groups, put things in categories. We're not that free thinking or we're not that free flowing yeah. as people. Yeah. But then, yeah, like the, I think our way of looking at the world is very sensible and it, of course, it works beautifully for you. So that's all that matters at the end of the day. Like nothing else. Exactly. Like you said, wh- how you look at it and how you've been going through it has helped you, right? Like at least emotionally, it, it supports you. And that's tr- that's what should matter. Not not saying, okay, somebody I know lives their life this way or somebody I know tells me to live my life that way. That just, that just doesn't work. Now we know at our age that that doesn't work. Like that is a safe way. The, the way that you mentioned before, how our parents see us in a certain way and have yeah. certain ambitions or certain goals for us. So that is a safe way to proceed with life. Like that is extremely safe because in a way you have their support. For certain people who do not have that privilege of that Mm. support from their parents, it can be understandable how the world must feel so daunting to them. One question that is on my mind is Mm. why Pepsi? (laughs) I don't know. So I didn't just one day stop praying or like stop wearing a headscarf. I initially was just, I wouldn't, when I was praying, I wouldn't pay attention to it. I would do the whole thing. Then it became like doing it only because it's five times a day. I would do it only like once a day. And then sometimes I would not do it at all. And I would change the way the, you know, you have to use a sheet and there's a dress you have to wear. I would just pretend to ruffle the sheet. So it looks like I used it. And then it was like step by step. So I think the first time I took that step, I think there was a Pepsi board outside. I was like, Hey, idea. And <laughs> that's how it <laughs> Now, every time I look at the Pepsi, it will be signed. Yeah, it'll be a sign from God. Yeah, from God. Then Asmiya defied God. So, what just happened? No, I just locked my door. I thought you just like subtly screamed. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? We can re-record that sound and you can just use it for our internal scream monologues. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We should do that (laughs) because that that happens constantly. Yes. Where was I? So I have a friend who comes from sort of a similar conservative background and you know how for us not getting married at our ages is like a huge accomplishment, right? Like uh, the fact that in my friend circle, there are two or three people like me who haven't gotten married. And the thing is my friend, she's sort of ready to get married now and she wants to do it and she wants it to be someone her parents choose. You know, her parents tell her to marry. But the thing is, she's afraid to do it because of that expectation she has among her friends of staying chill and liberal and independent. And 
I think I think it goes both ways now because like we came so far away from that one role and we played this one now and we have to maintain this. We can't go either way. That's in a way it's a slight restriction towards that side also. Uh, this thing, what I have experienced, is the other way mm. around. Is people mm. getting married all around, and then there's a, like a pressure on you or your friend to get married because everybody around you is getting married. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's like a pressure, but then I'm guessing your friend circle is very close knit, like yeah. very very close knit. So my yeah. friend circle is diverse, like it's mm. they are like scattered all around. So mm, I have this mm, people in it, this other friend circle with one person in it, the other friend circle with three, four people in it. So in my friend circle, nobody has married. In my very close friend circle, mm, mm, nobody mm, has gotten married. But then there are people right outside of our friend circle whom we know, who have gotten married, who have their own kids. That kinds of like is very very scary and puts pressure. I am pretty sure on all of my friends. Even they must be thinking like, oh, you know. when is going to happen when is going to happen but thankfully most of my friends who are not married have like other things to occupy them so <laughs> even if it's on their mind it's like on the 10 like you know the the end of um, 50% after everything else yeah yeah after everything else we'll do that yeah but yeah but personally i can i can of course speak only for myself sometimes i do feel pressured mm. to get married like and you know and it it's it you know what the funny part about this pressure of marriage is it's a very subtle pressure you won't marry when somebody when your parents or somebody asks you to marry they are like oh marry but you won't marry but then you will be like no i have stuff to do i have this thing to do i have this thing to do but i have also realized that subtly subconsciously you pick up those kind of narratives like oh mm. you know you should marry because you will have another person to live a life with you'll have another constant person to live a life with and that's beautiful i like that idea yeah. of having another yeah. constant person who can't run away from you <laughs> to live a life <laughs> with that person can't say no to anything yeah yeah like you're like oh let's go do this today and that person has to say yes <laughs> that person can't <laughs> who has no choice basically yes and i love that idea okay <laughs> like having, <laughs> my friends is scattered all over And like as much yeah. as i believe in free will and whatever i would like to have one person uh, whom i'm tethered to and i'm whom i can take everywhere and how with me i know what you mean your person right your person yes my person like i don't have to think twice like i know the person is going to do that stuff and i also know that i am going to do that stuff so this yeah, stuff and narratives get in my head having your own house and all seems like a nice thing because i'm tired of sharing my house with my brother mm, mm, and yeah. my mother so so, <laughs> so it's just like a nice thing to have another yeah. like your own place and your own life and whatever i know i'm not ready for it on all three level of consciousness it has to be my choice it just need yeah. not be on the subconscious level or the conscious yeah. level that's where again circling back to the narrative of destiny and like you know mm. having faith and all mm. that's where i again get stumped So yeah, so yeah. so that fear is, I think, it's in me also. So yes, yeah, so uh, I will take your uh, take your suggestion, and I won't settle. Because in a way, you should also get it out of your head that you have to find someone. Because you have your entire life ahead of you, and there are so many things you're working on right now that there is no urgency. And the thing is, you've had amazing relationships, friendships, and otherwise that you've enjoyed, that you've you know used to your advantage. Yes. And now this this urgency is coming. because it's been embedded in our heads i think i could imagine being unmarried at 25 a while ago 
and now i think it the only reason i can think about it is because i'm there yeah that's true like you know what that's the that's the thing like until unless it happens to you yeah you won't realize it, it. exactly it doesn't become real like no matter what other other person much like someone is crazy as you someone is so unpredictable as you mm, telling exactly. me that you know you should not settle you'll find your person and all should be yeah. enough for me Yeah. You're the most unpredictable, crazy person <laughs> I know. But then again, it's not enough in this case because I know, I know. Because you never know with these things. It's again, then again, same. It's so unpredictable. You never ever know. Yeah. And it, and it's so crazy. And the person that I have of that, like that person's idea that I have in my mind, hmm. does not pertain to a gender. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. so it i can't help but think is it even more rare or is it even is, is it something so incomprehensible it is like if it's something very vague should i put like give you more options <laughs> that's what you will say but i am straight as a donnel because <laughs> especially with like hair and all like you're somebody's going to like be weird enough to be obsessed about it very soon yeah so this weirdly reminds me of uh, ch coolius looking glass self which says okay. that i am not who i think i am i am not who uh, you think i am i am who i think you think i am oh hey that's a good note to end it on <laughs>